Hi guys, this is Morgan. And this is Janelle coming to you from my basement. The basement. Ooh. <laughs> Today is going to be episode one. This is going to be over St. Mikan's Crips. We actually visited uh, St. Mikan's Crips back in 2019, um, which was an incredible and eerie experience. So we're going to be talking about the two break-ins, um, grave robberies that they've had. Uh, the first one was in 1996, and the second one was right um, before we went in 2019. All right, everyone, welcome to Plot Twist. Welcome to Plot Twist. After the funeral. So this podcast today, episode one, is going to be about St. Mikan's Crips. Um, we have some cool stuff planned out in the future. We're going to be doing stuff about different grave stories, the dead on display in America. We might do some stuff about uh, bog burials. Very cool. And of course, murder. <laughs> so if you're interested in death, decay, burial, What's Whatever. underground? What's under? What is underground? Um, subscribe, see what we have coming, and follow us on Instagram at official underscore underscore <laughs> underscore plot twist. Saint Mike's. Saint Mike's. Here comes the podcast. Uh, so Saint Mike's originally the foundations were built for the Vikings. Ooh, very cool. Yeah, so then um, the present building was mostly rebuilt around 1685, but the uh, tower that still remains there is from the 12th century. Uh, it's named for a Danish saint, and for around 500 years, it was the only church on the north side of the River Liffey, which is pretty much the main river in Dublin. So one of the really cool things about it is that they had this huge pipe organ that was installed in 1724. Do you remember seeing that? I do, yeah. That's right when you walk in the mm -hmm. church, right? Because we were in the church for a little bit, and then we moved out and down yes. to the crypt. Yes. Yeah, the church mm -hmm. was the church was really cool itself. It was, it was. beautiful. And it that, and that uh, organ was, like, so imposing. And uh, legend has it that Handel played the first messiah on that organ. Wow, like the hands of Jesus and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> the hands of Handel. Ooh, very handy, Handel. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so when we were there, we went down to the burial vaults. Um, and there they contained five long burial vaults uh, of mummified remains, some of Dublin's most influential 17th, 18th, and 19th century families, such as the legendary Shearer's Brothers. <clears throat> Not the potato chips, because that is what I thought. Um, very influential family, but a different one. Different one. So uh, they, their lives ended in a very tragic way. So it was said that they were they were threatened to be disemboweled alive while they watched their organs essentially burn. Uh, that did not happen, although that is pretty common 
pretty common to have an, uh, an ending like that. But for them, instead, they were hung and chopped. <laughs> <laughs> hung and chopped. So I'm not sure if this is much better. Um, no. It's just, uh, you know, you get what you get. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, they were Irish rebels. So, you know, the English were not so nice no. with the rebels back then. No. So it seems like it was kind of common for them to do this this Just sick shit. Fascinating, fascinating sick shit. Though. Fascinating. So mummies were preserved due to the limestone in the dry basement. Methane gas, presence of oak and soil, building materials of the church or a combination. Um, they don't really know for sure. There's a lot of reasons that a lot of the bodies have been mummified. Um, so we were down there and we saw a lot of these mummies. The, so the loophole allows allows you to see these mummified corpses. Um, they can be viewed legally because the caskets are open or broken down, like the ones that we saw. Like they completely were just basically broken down by by time. Um, and as they break down over time, the mummies can be viewed. I think it'd be really cool to be able to just like watch people for the rest of eternity. Ooh, you know, like, just you be know? like, this is my head. Well, now, like, I, like a few years, years back, it was really popular on YouTube to do, like, the one day, like, one second a day videos to see how your life progressed as you, as you get older. And people have done them from years. Like, what if you just did, like, one picture a day as you progressively, like, decayed over hundreds of years just to see, like, the skin come off, the maggots come in, and gross, but cool. Maybe someone's done this. We definitely need to look into this. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Probably not, you know, for as long, obviously. No, there's hundreds no of years. But I mean, but maybe like, a few years. I would be into that. Yeah. For research on de- decaying, decaying corpses. <laughs> I don't know. Could be cool. Maybe we'll do an episode on it. Maybe we'll do it ourselves. On ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so next to the Shears Brothers, the most, the possibly most famous part of St. Mikan's is... Uh, what's known as the big four mummies. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is the unknown woman, which I'm not, no offense, but like, why are you part of the big four if you're just if you're the unknown. unknown? Right. That you're would be so important. But we don't know you. We don't know you. We there's, don't know you. There's dozens of other bodies here, but you know, the unknown. Yeah. Dozens of other bodies that they don't know anything about, <laughs> but they chose this woman to be the special yeah. unknown person. Is it just like, because she's buried with the other big three that now she's like you know what Pro- like she's famous by proximity maybe or maybe i don't know they paid a lot of money to be in these crypts what did she was she in like the luxy crypt one where you had to spend an extra <laughs> i don't know 30 pounds or whatever the currency was to be in and so they're like oh she must be important because she paid so much to the church to be in this particular crypt i think I it's luck know. i think it's luck that she ended up <laughs> With this, you know, her casket broke down the perfect amount, and now she's here. She's living her best second life. <laughs> second life. She'll never know anything about this, but she's like one of the most famous, you know, mummified beings on our planet today. Well, that's that's deep. I know. <laughs> I know. So the next, the second um, of the big four is uh, known as the thief. Um, they believe that he is a thief because he's missing, um, both feet, parts of both feet and, um, a hand. And so that was a typical punishment, you know, like 
you steal something, they cut off your hand so you can't steal, et cetera, et cetera. How many... So we don't know anything about what he stole. No. But from other stories I've heard, just not just in Ireland, everywhere, isn't it like one hand per, like one limb per like stolen item? That's what I thought. You know, I mean, like, obviously, I it was like you stole something, cut off your hand. You steal something again, you cut off the other one. I guess you got no hands. You keep stealing, cut off your feet. So, like, you know, what I mean, like, it's just like a serial thief. Yeah, kleptomaniac here. <laughs> it could be. My other thought on this is, like I was saying about the un- the unknown woman. They do pay a lot of money to begin these trips. Yeah, what was it like? Hold on. What did I say? I wrote this down in my three to four years wages was in my journal. Right. Which makes me feel like if you're a thief, you might not have that kind of money. Unless you stole all the money. And potentially. <laughs> you know, I have questions. And then my other thought is, you know, did they did cut off limbs so you would fit into your casket. Because there was a one-size casket. If you were too <laughs> tall, you were too hefty, they got to get you in there somewhere. How they're going to start chopping things off. Ripping meat from your body to squeeze you in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. That's gross, but that's what they did. So was he a thief? Did he just not fit? Did he have, like, I don't know, some kind of disease where he had large hands? I don't know. These are just my thoughts. My genuine, <laughs> honest thoughts that I have that are not scripted. <laughs> off, the, off the record. It's just happening. It's all coming out now. I have, I have things I want to say about it, but... um. But you said that he potentially was turned his life around and became a priest. Yeah, so their thought, many scholars think that he became a priest or some kind of holy person because a lot of like priests and nuns, things like that, were buried here. So that is a lot of uh, scholars' best guess as to why he was allowed to be buried here, even though he was a thief and probably not wealthy. And the reason they think that he is uh, a thief and not just, you know, kind of severed up to fit <laughs> in the coffin is because he a lot of times well as as i will get to they're buried with the other limbs if they need to cut off another part of the body they'll bury them in the coffin as well oh. this man was missing parts of his feet no hand they are you know unaccounted for so that's why they think he's a thief but who really knows Ooh, unless somebody went in and stole them like before they started you know, keeping track of that kind of stuff. That's true. Maybe someone wanted a souvenir. I don't know. I mean, as as we'll get to, unfortunately, it happens. Yeah. People are... Yes, it does. Uh, the third of the big four is uh, the nun. Um, they believe that she was uh, some kind of holy woman... Again, another one that they don't really have a whole lot of information on. Um, But they were led to believe that she is a nun. Again, since a lot of the people there buried there were either wealthy or, you know, people of God. And the fourth, possibly the most famous of uh, St. Mikan's, is the Crusader. So this is a 800-year-old soldier who was... uh, part of the crusades um and so as you were talking about earlier morgan you know they had to kind of chop him up to fit him in there he was six and a half feet tall which is super tall super tall (laughs) especially for back then everybody is notoriously just short right that's tall even now yeah even now it's tall and i 
I can't imagine. I mean, what their coffins are probably five and a half, six feet tall. Um, so he, they actually had to break his legs to fit into the coffin. So there's him, and then there's like these legs kind of situated, shoved in the side. Yeah, as one does. Right. Well, isn't like a it's a, like a religious thing that you need to be buried on one place, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. As a Christian Catholic, well, actually, I think they're Anglican, but kind of all of the above. Right. That they need to be buried all together, even if you're cremated or whatever. All of your remains have to remain together. Legend has it that if you touch the hand of the crusader, um, you will have good luck for one year. Unfortunately, uh, in 2017, you're no longer allowed to touch any of the mummies due to, obviously, the wear and tear on um, their bodies. But until that point, you could touch... Um, any of the available mummies, which just seems a little, a little bit disrespectful. Like you can look at my 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 bare skull, but please do not touch yeah, the merchandise. I signed up for this, so I I have actually a picture pulled up right now of the good <laughs> the good luck hand. <laughs> um, it is really gross. Um, we can probably attach a picture. Yeah, we should be able to on podcast. Instagram or on or on online. Instagram. Um. So, um, Morgan, what was your description of it? It looks like jerky. Like, so there's, there is flesh on this hand still. And this is a picture from, I believe, 20, 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. So it's not, I mean, no, the, the hand is very old, but the picture is not that right. old. Um, it, it looks like some kind of jerky, um, you can still see like wrinkles in the dark flesh on the hand. Um, you can see the joints, and then there's this like white stuff all over it that might be it turning to ash. That could be that, honestly. That <laughs> looks like human ash. Um, but it also looks like hard water you would find around your faucet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I can't believe that you could just touch this like barehanded reach in and touch this what how many years old is this like 800 800 year old hand and the fact that it has not fallen off or had not i don't know what it's like now and people are just allowed to touch this thing really bothers me actually like that really bothers me like i get the good luck kiss the blarney stone cool hold the dead 800 year old hand a little uneasy about that yeah a little a little disrespectful. And after doing that, you only get one year of good luck. That's good point. It. Like for me to touch a, like a dead, a dead man's hand. That just, I mean, that sounds like bad luck to me. First of all, right. And I'm gonna say in the picture, I'm not sure. It could be from all the people touching it, but I believe that one of one of the fingers has fallen off. I mean, what do you think? Let me see. Yeah, it does kind of look like maybe the second finger. It's either, yeah, it does look like it's fallen off. I mean, but it would make sense if people keep touching. (laughs) Again, again, could have been stolen. I mean, if they were just letting you touch whatever. I mean, think about it. How many people who are just going for a tour who are sickos like you and me (laughs) might just reach in and grab something and put it in their pocket and leave? And it's really, I mean, these are truly mummified remains. Like you, like you said, you can see all the wrinkles of the hand. Like this isn't bones. Like this is this is an actual mummified, naturally mummified remains. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Like very cool, very cool. But the fact that they let people just touch whatever they could, 
for all of these years and just kind of ruin somebody's body. Yeah. I just, that seems like bad karma to me. Like, man, talk about rolling around in your grave, you know? (laughs) Anthony Dillon, 13 years old was sentenced to six years of detention. Now, he wasn't sentenced at 13. The crimes were done when he was 13. He was sentenced, I believe, when he was 17. His crimes were unspeakable. Unspeakable people. So he pled guilty to to charges of arson, causing criminal damage, and theft of tools. Doesn't sound that bad. It's bad, but it gets worse. So he destroyed 60 coffins. The arson comes in because, so he went down into the crypts at St. Mikan's with two other little friends, <laughs> thieves, his assassins, whatever you want to call them. Uh, he went down with two other people. <laughs> and they had, I mean, this is 1996, so I don't know why they don't have flashlights. But they don't have flashlights and they have, um... Help me out, Janelle. A torch? Torch, thank you. (laughs) No, they're going down into the crypts. They've caused a lot of burn damage. That was the arson charge. Um, So they're criminal charges. And the only person who really got charged was actually Anthony Dillon. He destroyed, he and his other little wangle-tangle people, (laughs) his friends. I don't know. All these little hooligans, hooligans. one might say. The hooligans. The hooligans. They destroyed 60 coffins in the crypt. Um, They were later resealed and reburied after the vandalism, but there were 60 that were destroyed. And when we went down there, there were a lot of coffins, but, I mean, that would have been a significant amount of the ones down there. I mean, do you you know what I mean? Because I don't remember there being, like, hundreds and hundreds of of coffins. No. I would say there was maybe, like, 70? Yeah, I feel like there really wasn't a lot. So this would have been pretty much messing with every single coffin that was down there. Yeah, they would have had to really take some time and make some extensive damage. Mm -hmm. So Anthony and two other hooligans were looking for valuables in the crypts. Okay, they're 13. I don't know what they're looking for. Um, They took a child's coffin out. Of the crypt, out into probably what would be the the graveyard area, because you go into the crypt, you come out, there's a graveyard. So they took a child's coffin out of the crypt, outside, they dismembered the body of this child, dismembered it. These children dismembered this, like, probably 500-year-old child that was just sitting down there peacefully in their coffin. And do you know what they did after that? They dismembered the body, took the head off, and played football, most likely in the graveyard, with the head of the child. Oh my so God. there's three, like, I'm going to say probably between 12 and 13-year-old children out in this graveyard playing with a 100-year-old mummified, essentially a baby's head in the graveyard. Now, 
I know teens don't have the best judgment, but something in you has to be saying, this is wrong. This is wrong. (laughs) On the deepest level of wrong. Right. So it also says in some of the articles we were looking at about this case that um, he was abusing illegal drugs at the time. From the time he was 12 to 13 when this happened. I don't think it mentioned if he was doing drugs or, like, on drugs at the time of the break-in. I feel like you'd have to be. I would think so. But they don't say what the drugs are. Um, Just mentioned that he had been abusing drugs. Drugs? (laughs) Drugs? I've had some wine, guys. He's been abusing drugs since the age of 12, which is just really sad. Like, that's so sad. It is very sad. To, it's I mean, very to, sad. For you to get to this point that you're playing football with a, a deceased child's head. With your friends. With like, your friends. Like, oh, we're just going to go out and play football today, guys. It's going to be so wholesome. Meet you in the graveyard. <laughs> like, what? This is so disturbing. So disturbing. So he ended up going to, I, I don't know if it was jail. I, I saw the uh, the word detention mentioned. So I think because of his age, he went to some kind of like correctional community for, um, the sentence was for six years, but he only stayed for three. But the interesting thing is he didn't plead guilty till he was 17. So I'm not sure what was happening between the time he was playing football outside with some child's head to the time he was sentenced because some guards caught him right like they found them playing football so they would have been caught like immediately yes but But imagine being that guard walking in and seeing children kicking something around and then you look and you see that it is a head head and and it's and they did not say skull. So I'm going to assume, not that it's any better, but I'm going to assume that it was like a mummified head, kind of like the hand that we were talking about, and that it's not a skull because they said, I just feel like it's in the language. It was a head. Well, and additionally, since it was in the crypts, you would assume that it was also mummified, right. So, which because, makes it a little bit more eerie in a way. Yeah. Well, because they dismembered the body. So I don't know if they took off arms, legs, then head, or I don't know what was going on. Um, But imagine if you were that guard. Like, what would you do? Janelle, what would you do? I don't know. In my career as a nurse, I've seen some (laughs) and had to interrupt some pretty crazy shit in short. But, um... I don't know what I would do. I think I would be that like scary crypt keeper coming out of the shadows and being like, put that down, children. What do you think you're doing? I mean, I would drop the head and run. That oh, would hell terrify yeah. Me. That would terrify me. I'd be me. scary. I'd be scary as hell. If it was me, I'd say this is above my pay grade and I'd just walk the other way. I don't like confrontation. I think I'd I'd see it. I'd turn around and go the other way and get somebody else to deal with it because it's just not. No, no. no. Yeah, I. Uh, 
can't imagine that they're getting paid enough to deal with a actual disembodied head being kicked around in a graveyard. So I, I feel like that's fair. Right? But apparently, as, as you'll see as we go on to our next part of this story about St. Mikan's, this is not the most uncommon thing. So if decapitated head football wasn't enough for you, in 2019, the same year that we visited St. Mikan's Crypt, the exact same year, sometime between 7 p.m. February 23rd and 8 a.m. February 24th, a man named Brian Bridgman um, came into St. Mikan's. He originally spent about two hours wandering around the graveyard. It's a beautiful graveyard. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, but um, first of all, it's the middle of the night, at least late evening, and he's just kind of wandering around. Suspicious. Suspicious. Very suspicious. Yeah. So then he comes, he sees, you know, the grave, the, the entrance to the crypts, which is, as you remember, you know, huge uh, metal doors. Mm-hmm. There's like the raw iron doors and then the, the metal doors, the, the solid right. metal doors. So he found somewhere a crowbar to pry the doors open. And then he, you know, signed the cross, goes down into the graves. So he finds a crowbar. Yeah. That's, is it, did he actually find it or did he bring it with him? That is a great question. Because shame on them for just leaving a crowbar <laughs> outside. I don't think that that, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But that feels, it feels like maybe this might have been premeditated. Yes. Yes. That, see, that, that I thought the same thing. Kind of gave me like a little bit of heebie-jeebies that he happened to have a crowbar but so he says does the sign of the cross breaks into the crypts you know as one does just completely wreaks havoc on the crypts so you remember the nun uh he turns her um 180 degrees to face the wrong direction so so he's lifting her out of the of the grave that mm-hmm. she's in and flipping her around. Basically flipping her on her stomach, it seems like. Like pancaking her. Pancaking her, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what his purpose here was with this. Um, either way, any way it is, don't love it. Um, finds another mummy, turns it on its side, um, and then he finds the crypt, the family crypt of the famous Irish mathematician William Hamilton um, damages that whole crypt. And then he comes to, again, one of our big four, the Crusader. Just takes his head, flips his body over, and takes his head. So flips his body over and in the process is probably twisting the head off. Safe to say. Flipping the body of the six foot five man right. over. This would take, I mean, I'm sure weighs nothing at this point. But imagine lifting the six foot mummified being, flipping him over and just taking the head and just yep. running out. Like, got what I wanted. I'm out of right. here. Right, yep. I. This just really brings 
a lot of questions to mind. So he's just flipping over bodies. Um, I mean, I guess there's really no good reason to break into a crypt, but just what is going through this man's head? I would, you know, actually, I don't want to know. Paranoia? Paranoia. So it turns out, uh, according to Brian, the man who broke into the crypts, he was simultaneously using um, alcohol and Xanax, and he says he doesn't, he did not know where he was when he was in the crypts, and has very little memory of the incident itself. Okay. So I wouldn't say I'm an avid Xanax user, but I have used Xanax before. I have anxiety, also about using Xanax, but but that. That kind of, that is supposed to calm you down, relax you. It is not supposed to hype you up. It does not hype you up. It does the opposite of that. So I don't know if this is a lie. I I, I do wonder too, because I feel like if I took a Xanax, drank some alcohol, I'd be taking a nap. I wouldn't be wandering around in a graveyard for two hours and lifting up bodies. After a few glasses of wine i can barely lift myself off the couch <laughs> i'm ready for bed right so did he really take a xanax and alcohol right or could it have been something worse i just that's hard for me to pcp believe. baby Mm-mm-mm. that's what it sounds like to me okay i'm sorry this is i am not accusing this man of taking pcp this is all speculation also, this is, I just want to be clear here. This is a 36-year-old adult. This is not a 13-year-old child. This is a, a grown man. A full-fledged adult human being. So I do sort of believe that there had to be some kind of drugs involved here. So is it alcohol and Xanax? Maybe. There has to be something. Because I just, who in their right mind? I don't know. I mean, maybe he's dealing with some kind of mental health. But we don't know. We don't know. But this is what he said. Alcohol and Xanax. Something something was going on. Um, so what, he reports that he uh, fell asleep in town somewhere. I don't know where. And he woke up with two skulls in his bed. One being the crusader. One being an unidentified um, person. Mummy. And freaked out. Understandably. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I've had some pretty drunk nights, um, woken up with some, once with some burrs, 13 burrs in my hair, as you, I'm sure you remember. And that was scary. Imagine waking up with two skulls in a bag. Was he freaked out? Cause he's like, oh shit, this was real. Was he freaked out? Because he was like. I didn't do a good job of hiding this. <laughs> was he freaked out because he didn't mean to take those home? He wanted to do something. I mean, you know, or was he freaked out? You know, why was he freaked out? All of the above. Who knows? Who knows? But I would lose my mind. Two skulls in it. So, but he, okay. So there's then, a bag involved. There's a crowbar in a bag. That's a good point. So this makes me feel it's a little premeditated. Where did, what? Where did he get the bag? Right. That would fit. I mean, skulls are decently sized. Right. That's not just a little crossbody purse she got on. 
You know, if he had a backpack on, a pretty empty backpack, maybe he could fit him in there. There's just a lot of things mm-hmm. fell into place for this, There's it a seems. Lot of things. A lot of things. So he realizes he has these skulls, uh, and the guilt is eating him alive. You know, kind of seems like he's trying to play it cool, trying to forget it happened. The guilt eats him alive, and a few weeks later, he leaves the bag with the skulls on the hedges of the church and with a note that he wrote by hand that says, sorry, R.I.P. Sorry, rest in peace. (laughs) But he's had them for two weeks. What was he doing with them? I don't know. I honestly probably would have buried it in the bottom of my closet and tried to forget about it. Like... (laughs) What would you do if you woke up with two skulls in your possession? Bury them in the ground. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. in the ground. That's fair. (laughs) Nobody will find them. Sorry, R.I.P. Plant some trees on top. I don't know. (laughs) I feel, I mean, I feel like he did the right thing in the end after doing the very most wrong thing he could have done. Was it right to just leave them there with a note that says, rest in peace? At least they got back. They did get back. Buried together, as we were talking about earlier. found them? Like, who was the first person to find them? I don't think it said. But I'm just curious. Was it a priest? Was it the crypt keeper? Was it someone who was just there, like like us, who was touring? (laughs) Like, you know, from another country come to see St. St. Mikan's Church, and they're touring around, and they see this bag, and they're like, oh, someone must have forgot something. I'll bring it up to the front desk. And they're like, why is this so heavy? And then some skulls roll out with, like, a sticky note that says, rest in peace. I mean... (laughs) Just... (laughs) Oh, someone forget their lunch? (laughs) Well, I can tell you it wasn't a tourist, because, unfortunately, from... February 25th until July of 2019, the crypts were closed. And unfortunately, St. Mikan's relies on that income very heavily to support their parish. So they lost a revenue of 35,000 euros. And um, they ended up having to spend 15,000 euros on repair and security. So they lost, like, so what's that's probably close to $40,000 in our currency in six months. Yep. Yeah. And that's... Wow. Yeah. And which is, again, the main source of income for their church, which is which is really sad on top of the fact that this uh, body was desecrated. Mm-hmm. So was the, the church closed or just the crypts? Just the crypts. Okay. The, the parish was able to stay open, but, you know, the crypts had to be closed. So the um, the tour guide was actually the one who discovered it. He came in on February 25th and noticed that the wrought iron doors on the outside were open and then the metal door looked as if it was mangled. And then once he went in, he discovered that um, there were, you know, the bodies were turned, there were skulls missing, and that there definitely had been something that had gone on there. Um and there was, you know, the, the Garda, the uh, Irish police were involved. Um, and, you know, this was a big, it seemed like, from what I was reading, a big news story, especially within the parish. Um, something they were so proud of was 
was destroyed. So they were looking for, you know, these heads um, for this guy, and then, you know, then he returned them. So did they know who it was before they were returned? No, they were... So they were able to take CCTV footage from um, surrounding areas and eventually was able to identify the man. And this is how we know um, kind of the timeline of things and how he got into the building. Unfortunately, they weren't able to identify him until after the skulls were returned. So they were able to find him eventually, and he was sentenced to uh, only 28 months of prison time uh, and had five counts of criminal damage. So that is less time than even um, Anthony Dillon, uh, the 13-year-old who played football with the head, served back in the 90s. Right. So I think I did the math correctly. It's like two years in three months. And the boy in 96 was originally sentenced to, I believe, six years. And then they dropped it down to three. Right. So how that they came up with that, I don't know. I mean, th- so it seems like uh, Anthony the um, had and the two others had um, maybe done some more damage. I mean, they damaged 50 coffins. They caused some burn damage. Um, but again, this is an adult too. Yeah. So, and I don't, and it, I don't know how much damage was done to the doors, and it's it's hard to compare the two, but it seems. I guess I would have thought, long story short, that there would be a lot more jail time involved for something right. like this, especially for a full grown adult, not a thirteen year old kid. Right. Not that anybody was right in doing what they did, but that's just crazy. And so then we. So they were closed from February to July. And then we came, was it in September? Yep. We That's when we took our trip to Ireland. And when we went, we they did open back up, and we were able to go through and do the entire crypt tour, which was awesome. And I wonder if our tour guide, I wonder, I just wonder if that was the tour guide that discovered the skulls. Um, or discovered that the doors were like ripped open. I can imagine. Yeah, I was. I that was my same first thought too because I can. I can still all these years later picture this man. And I'm just picturing this guy coming out to open up the crits and whoops. Yeah. And I and I don't remember. I don't remember anything about this. No, it wasn't mentioned. I wonder if that was purposeful. I wonder if they just. Maybe didn't want to talk about it. Especially with it being so recent. Right. And then we were, or maybe not give anybody ideas. True. Because you get people coming from all over. Like, we, you know, we're coming from the United States. We didn't know anything about this till literally this year. So I don't know if it was maybe like a purposeful thing that they just didn't want to touch on that fact. Didn't want to bring it up. Didn't want to give anybody ideas since it's kind of been a trend. True. Unfortunately, this does seem like a trend. Yeah, yeah. but our, um, but the, 
um, presentation from the tour guide was very polished. So I guess I kind of feel like I understand why they didn't bring it up. He was just, he was so theatrical. He was very theatrical. Do you remember him bringing out the chains? Like he was carrying like the keys on this like long chain. It was, he was so good. It was incredible. It was kind of like you were part of a play that Mm -hmm. was happening. Like a moving, breathing play. You were just being taken along with it through the crypts like I very much felt that way like we were watching some kind of Broadway theatrical this guy was awesome he was amazing awesome so engaging but then it also felt so surreal when you went down there which kind of added to that whole Mm -hmm. you felt like you're in a set because you're like I cannot believe that I'm seeing all this yeah with my own eyes I mean everything down there I guess you know being from the United States we don't have things that are quite as old as they do in Europe it, we just don't so it was very fascinating to just be down in this crypt like you said it felt like we were like in a whole other other realm you know um so the tour was amazing it was honestly one of my favorite things probably because it was a death related thing <laughs> yeah we had to do a death related thing on our trip so that was awesome do you remember my favorite part of the whole experience was when there was this certain so all the crypts are separated by different rooms they're very they're very thinly separated but they each have um like a wrought iron cage over them so you're kind of walking past different rooms in a very small area and one of the rooms had all of these beautiful ornate coffins yes yes and there was so like they all had like gold and all this like ornate you know, inlays, and there was one coffin that was just totally plain, just like a box. And the guide told us that this was this, um, what was he? I'm looking at my paper here. That he was a lord. He was a, so this was a family crypt. This lord was so hated by everyone, including his family, that they closed the crypt after because no one wanted to be buried with him. And so they gave him this, like, crappy box and threw him in with everyone else and then closed the crypt. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot about this. So I wonder what he did to be so hated by everybody. They're like, we don't even want to be with him when we're more dead. Close it up. Lock it down. No one wants to be there. I know. Like, what did he do? I know. I would love to know more about this guy. Yeah, I would, too. That's really interesting. Because I do remember that particular part of the crypt, they were, like, red and like blue like caskets down there with gold lining on them and I think I have a picture of this too so I'll have to go back because I bet you that plain one is in there and I just didn't notice that he just got shoved into the back and they locked it all up that's what did he do I know he must have been a real asshole (laughs) he must have been he must have been no one even wants to be around him even after death so, but don't, I don't know for sure, but do they continue to pay? I don't know about now, but didn't they continue to pay for, like, family crypts? Like, the living family? To keep them... That's a good question. You know what I, I mean? I know that they had to pay to continue to bury the dead. Yeah. So I wonder if they had to continue to pay just to keep those bodies in the, there. And maybe that's why they sealed it up, because they're like... This is too expensive. This is too expensive Bucket. for this guy that we hate. We hate you. We hate you. We hate Seal you. it up. Yeah, I do. I do. I have to look back on our photos on that one. 
And if you want to look at our photos, they are actually on our Instagram. We originally post them back in 2019. It's just a, it's just a small um, a small portion of the photos, but there's a picture of the skull. Um, there's a picture of I believe some of the big four are as uh, there's a picture of that in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you remember the girl? There was a a girl there around our age who was from Texas. Do you remember her? Yeah. Her family was buried, not in the crypts, but in the graveyard. She had done, like, an Ancestry.com thing. Very cool. Yeah. Like, I can't, I would love to do something like that and be able to trace my family that far back. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting to visit the grave sites and come all the way. Like, she came all the way from Texas to mm-hmm. kind of do this walkthrough of family history, which is so awesome. I would love to know um, more people who do that. Actually, my friend Christina... Um, she just went to Kansas, um, and she is very much into the Ancestry.com, um, stuff, and she traced back some relatives all the way there to, I believe, a, an asylum, which is very interesting. Very interesting. I think she mentioned she was going to go try to see the grave before she left, but I, I don't know if she did or not, so very cool stuff. That's awesome. I'd love to find out if she's able to find it, and maybe that's something we should do in the future. Yeah. Maybe for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Could be interesting. Could be interesting. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Um, Hope you found it as interesting as we did. I think for our next episode, we're going to be doing um, bog burials as our topic for the next one. If you have any ideas for future topics or things you want to hear about, um, just go ahead and DM us on Instagram. It's um, at official underscore plot twist. And if you want to stay on top of everything we're doing, uh, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, guys. (laughs) Um, So our resources are in the show notes and um, music credit to Matthew Modena. Thank you, Matthew Modena. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys next time. Bye.